Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. I am your very sleepy host, Matt, and joining me on the cast today are my two stupendously ready and aware and awake co-hosts. First up, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And the timeliest and most studious man I know, it's Dan. Ladies. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> that was a perky, ladies, because I was up early, so I'm wired. Does it, Is that the kind of person you are when you wake up, then you're up kind of thing? It's the kind of person I am for about an hour and a half in the morning. And then oh. I go right back to lady. So there's so some, are you telling me that there's some weird phenomena like planet Earth style that if we set up a video camera, we would capture a very excited and energetic Dan? Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a narrow like, window. Yeah, it's kind of like a full moon. It. Yeah, it's kind of like a full moon. Yeah, you guys miss it. I don't wake up early that often, but when I do, it, it feels good. Especially if the sun's shining. It sounds like we need to set up a live stream in your house <laughs> people can check in like on the pandas yeah that's what i was thinking too the dandas We're like oh look he's playing i can't guarantee that pants will be worn at all times though well, you can't guarantee that with pandas either that's true so but it's not that embarrassing with pandas i mean it's not that embarrassing with me either but i was you know. gonna say Dan, you you're just, letting the ladies down you just live your life man <laughs> i do i really do the other thing is you'd see my my child who is naked probably 98% of the time. He well, is naked an around. awful lot. He loves it. He's a free spirit. <laughs> he We're about it. to talk about some games, and I'll be sure to remind everyone about, in the middle of our game, how he ran around the couch yelling, I'm naked. Yep. He sure did. <laughs> so. After stripping, it was pretty impressive. Yeah. Apparently the Lorax got him real riled up. Yeah. Well, he wanted you to see his tree that he speaks for, so. Uh, uh, Okay, well, on that note, let's go ahead and kick off this show. Like I said, this is a podcast of nonsensical gamers, and we would be remiss if we did not talk about our lovely sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games, because they have something from John D. Clare. It is Downfall. This is a 4X post-apocalyptic strategy game in their fancy deluxified format. Definitely something worth taking a look at. Um, especially if you haven't been feeling their other titles recently, this seems to be a widely different option is this the guy is that the designer who did mystic veil it is yeah that name just it always drives me nuts. i always feel like it's like this fake writer's name or something like that like john, john declare the only thing that would make it better if his middle name was like chocolate if his name if his name was john e claire you would not believe he were a real person john chocolate declare that would be good well his last name isn't declare his middle initial is d yeah but it should be the chocolate <laughs> Will you stop trying to make this man an ice cream? Eclairs aren't an ice cream. Aren't they like a pastry? It's a pastry. Uh, I was thinking like those crappy things that you used to get from the cafeteria. You ever got those things? No. Okay. I, I think guess um, not. I think our no. age difference is starting to show. Tell me, guys, how are the 80s? Mom, mom made me a better lunch, apparently. <laughs> I Well, mom let me buy for a little while there. Whoa. Mm. I bought all the way through, and I pretty much had pizza and chocolate milk every day for, like, several years. You had that square cardboard pizza? Mmm, yeah. It's good stuff. Mm. You know it. The only way to buy was when you had $2.20 and you could get double nuggets. <laughs> they don't make square cardboard pizza in my school. Oh, that stuff was horrible, but They awesome. still make it at the elementary school I worked at, which was my elementary school, so... No, I'm so the, I'm sad. They like order in pizza from like Domino's and stuff what? at my school for the kids. Yeah. Then what the heck do lunch ladies do? 
I'm not sure. And I actually, mean, they make pay the they driver make other stuff, but like they always have a pizza option. So like they make a lunch, and then the kids always have a pizza option. <laughs> they also have a sub. Do you station. always need a pizza option? That what what makes Friday special now? Fridays aren't special. Oh, every day is pizza day. Kids these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, they're I felt a little bit bad iPhone. because I said lunch lady, and that's presumptuous. But I actually just reflected on all of my couple of years working in schools i've never seen a male cafeteria worker in all my life i've never had a lunch man yeah is that an exclusively (laughs) female position there's a niche in the market apparently would i be in (laughs) high demand if i decided to work in cafeterias yeah if you need to make a career change i think that would be a an option they just accept me i've never had a lunchman a lunchman (laughs) lunchman. that sounds so much more sophisticated who lunches the lunchman Now, let's get into the episode as a whole, which has just such little structure, because here at the podcast, we like to just talk about games, so that's what we're going to do. We've all been playing some things, and let's go ahead and chat about them. Tiffany B., I have not spoken with you in so long. How is your life? It has been a while. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. I'm busy. How's school? Fine. All, All of it's fine. Nothing is bad. Everything's good. But I'm just too busy for games. All right. Except for board. Thanks for Except chiming for board in. Game club. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Except for I've what? Been board game club. Oh, okay. I mean, we have that every Monday, and I have been playing games that way. So give me something that you guys have been diving into. Anything fun? Anything new? Anything? Well, you old? know what? I, I resurrected one of my favorites, Hot Rod Creeps. I love it so much. I forgot how much I love that game. All right, Dan. What have you been playing? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> listen. For the, you can get like a copy of Hot Rod Creeps for ten dollars or something. I'm pretty sure you can like get it that. for like three dollars on Miniature yeah, Market. It's crazy cheap, and but it's fun, and like it has a customizable track. Like if you have kids, it's a great game. Like they get to, they had so much fun just building the track. Like that in itself is is entertainment enough. They build this crazy track, and there's a flaming ring of death thing, and. I don't know. So they they built up this track, and then we played the game, and it was fine. What's the primary mechanism in that game? To be fair, I've never actually played it as I criticize it. So it's ca- it's card drawing. Okay. So you have different cards. You have like a deck of cards that represents your tank of gas, and then um, you have a hand, and you can play cards out of your hand. And some of them have special abilities when you play them out of your hand. Some of them, if you just want to flip a card off the top of your deck. And just play that card immediately. You have to commit to playing it before you draw it. And some of them have special abilities when you flip. And there are there's a nitro deck that has a very high. Uh, it's like a risk reward thing. You get to move very very far, but it's super risky because something bad is definitely going to happen to you. Hmm. <laughs> um, because the number of spaces that you're moving is what your speed is, and there are different. Um, the corners have a certain speed that if you go over it you take damage which means taking cards out of your tank and you can run out of gas and you have to do pit stops and things like that so it's actually like there's a a decent amount of game in there it doesn't look like there's going to be but and it's fun (laughs) you you have to very carefully plan out your movement and how did your middle schoolers do with careful careful planning Careful planning and Ring of Death don't seem like they go well together. Um, I mean, some of them did really well. At least one of the kids did, like, love the Nitro deck a little bit too much and got himself sent back behind the starting line. 
Okay. <laughs> but after after he messed up that bad, and we even gave him the opportunity to roll back his choice because I felt so bad for him because like everybody was like halfway through the track, and then he got sent back way way back, and uh, he he like a good gamer stuck with his decision and didn't cheat. So uh, he almost he he caught up with us eventually through careful planning. So he learned a good lesson in gaming. And I mean the 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 decks are all um like they each deck has its own special powers so luckily he had one that that really helped him out but nice yeah I think they had fun with it and like I said just the appeal of building a track is enough for them to get that game out and it's got really weird art so it does it's got like this weird grotesque like uh, what were those things called those cards. Mm. Not ca- uh, garbage pail kids almost is what it reminds yeah. me. It's not the same the, style, I for- but I forget what the the style of this art is called. I used to know, but it's pretty cool, and uh, they like that. And I don't know. I the I know it sounds simple, but like the movement where like you you move, but if there's a person in your space, you just get to move ahead of them. Like <laughs> that's pretty exciting for whatever reason for them. Like, they, they try to plan it so they land on top of someone and they get to go one extra space. Oh, yeah, that, that extra space. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. We had fun with it, and I'm glad I got it out. I actually have two copies of it because it was just so dang cheap there for a while. My board game store had a million copies they were trying to get rid of, and, like, I bought it with the intention of, like, I'm going to make a crazy track, but you probably shouldn't make one that long because it's not worth it. I was going to ask. You, you can combine them? You can just... Yeah, well, I, you could totally make an insanely long track, but I don't. I think you would be bored if you made one that long. But yeah, I mean, the the one they made take up took up our whole uh, table, our brand new Costco table. Ooh. <laughs> well, we have been playing on like my countertops in my classroom, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't working with with what we were playing. So I, we bought a table, and it was very exciting, and we christened it by building a gigantic Harad Creeps track. So. Nice. If you see it, it's it's a good game, and you can get it for very cheap. Awesome. How weird is the State Farm uh, marketing in that earlier in this talk, you said, like a good gamer, and in my head I said, State Farm is there? It's very strange. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they've got you. I think they do. I don't even have State Farm, and they got me. <laughs> I know they're there for me, though. It's good. Anywho. <laughs> Dan. You've been playing a couple of things, right? I feel like Dan and I have spent so much time together recently. Oh, that's adorable. It's very strange. That's because you actually decided after 12 years that you remembered where I lived and decided to start visiting. Yeah, and you know what? I confirmed you live so far away. Oh, my goodness. But I'm there. I live like 45 minutes away. You are at least an hour. You are a slow driver. Just saying. Listen, guys, I live far away. 45 minutes is not far away. It's not. It really isn't in the grand scheme of things. It's less than my commute to work one way. I'm just saying, now that I'm up in that area all the time, I can come by. We play some games. We're doing all kinds of stuff. It's great. We're just, you know, we're just the best of brothers. Poor Mike and Eric. I hear about your... (laughs) (laughs) And I see, like, little naked children running around all the time. It's crazy. Anyway. That's going to be weird out of context, but... Yeah, you should definitely edit that out. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Dan, <laughs> what have you been getting into? Watch, now Dan's going to pick a game that we didn't play together, but please go ahead, Dan. 
No, I was debating whether I should say it's my child, but on you know second thought, that doesn't make it sound any better on your part. So, kudos. I, <laughs> I don't think you should kudos me. <laughs> kudos on making it as awkward as it can yeah. be. Here, Here we are. Time. Sure. Let's talk about, I don't know, the freshest thing in my head, I guess, the quest for El Dorado. This is the... Um, yeah. The Reiner Knizia racing deck building game. This is the the last of the Spiel and Kenner Spiel nominees that I had not played. Um, so Matt bought it. So I said, let's play it. Uh, we played it twice, actually, back to back. That's how quick it is. Um, I won both, which makes it obviously better. Did, than well, it you be. tied the second one. It's still a win. I guess. Technically, kind you're of. tied for winning. Right, yeah, yeah. because they couldn't come up with a second tiebreaker. But anyways, so this is a game where, like I said, it's a deck building racing game. So you set up this mapped terrain uh, theme. I don't know. It's a Reiner Knizia. There's no theme. It's just you're racing from you're a jungle to, to a temple or something. It's like got that. as yeah. much theme as Karuba. Yeah, but Karuba's awesome. I knew you were anyways. gonna <laughs> defend it. Uh, I like Karuba better in this game, but that's a different story. Well, so this game yeah, is, we can talk about that. This game, so just picture these like big tiles made up of multiple little hexes um, that create like your path to the the end point. And on each of these um, hexes, there's a symbol, so or a couple of symbols. So it's like um, a machete or a paddle or gold um, or there's like discard card. There's there's a whole bunch of different terrain spaces. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to build your deck to race through these spaces so you need to you know for to move one machete space you have to play a machete card and then if the next space in front of you is another machete you'd have to play a second machete to kind of you know cut your way through the forest um where it starts to get tricky is some of the tiles have like two or three of a specific symbol and unlike a normal deck builder where you could play out like three single machetes to hit a space that has a three machete in this game you can't you have to have the card that has at least three machetes on it you have to play a single card so again you're looking at the board you're kind of building your deck with you know anticipating you know your kind of current needs versus maybe some of your end needs um in the future tiles um and yeah it's just standard deck building you buy like symbols you don't or cards you don't use count for like money so you could buy something and then yeah first person to the end wins it's really quick uh super simple very elegant smooth uh mechanics um i i liked it um i don't i don't know how much you know enjoyment i'd get playing it over and over and over again but i you know for the two plays we had yesterday i think it's a great family weight game i think it's uh, again it's smooth enough and intuitive enough that you could put some younger gamers in front of it um as well as some more casual gamers i think it's a great kind of gateway deck build racing game like i yeah i think it's good i understand why i was nominated yeah it is very simple very easy to play like dan said we played two games very quickly we we scooped up the first game and i said do you guys just want to try it again and we had a new map set up i do like that there are a variety of different maps although i don't know how much that had like the sh- i don't think the shape of the map probably matters that much it's really just the composition of the tiles and the shape of the map is just for aesthetic well, i would the, think the shape you know certain sides line up to certain yeah. other sides which varies the symbols yeah um it is it was very close we had two games where everyone was kind of finishing or almost finishing right together uh so the tiebreakers came into play which is like 
you get these little blockade tiles as you go. Whenever you cross from tile to tile, you have to meet this little threshold of blockade. It's basically just another space, but you get to take it. And then the tiebreak is whoever has the most of these blockades, which basically means whoever was in the lead for the majority of the race, which makes sense. I like that tiebreaker. I think that seems fair. And uh, I I don't think we fully explored the cards that are available. I think there's a lot of different options. Uh, I think there are fifth. I think it's 54 total cards, but that's not. I think there's like 18 or so different individual card powers and things like that, which they're all relatively the same. I was going to say, they're all pretty much the same, just um, like but, a small iteration here. Yeah, there. there are a couple of different things. And then we played the second game with the cave or volcano variant where there's, there are these little tiles that if you walk by them and end your move, you can pick one up and they're like little bonuses. I thought that helped a little bit. And there are like calling spaces. There's some stuff that I think you could explore a little bit more, but I do think the game is fairly cut and dry. Like it's just basic deck building you, you race, which is always fun, and it's it's very short. Now, online, 24 bucks. I think it's a pretty good price for what you get. Yeah. Uh, I paid retail, which is 34 so I still don't think that's terrible. The, the back of the box says, great with two. So I'm going to have to try it out with Kel. Uh, when you play with two-player, you, you get two explorers each, and you have to be the first one to get both of your explorers across the finish line. So that sounds cool, too. So overall, yeah. I'm... Oh, no, ahead, I liked it. No, no, no. I was going to say I liked it. I think um, the one thing that was cool was the the kind of the feeling of balance at the end, which was nice because there was points where I was like a whole tile ahead of you guys, but I hit like some symbols that I wasn't prepared for and then you guys caught up and then you took the lead and then I get so like even though like throughout the game, I know there was points where all of us had thought, man, I'm, I'm really getting crushed in this game. At mm-hmm. the end, we literally all finished. Um, it was just a matter of tiebreaker in the end, which was kind of cool. Uh, Tiff, this would be a great kind of board game weight or board game club weight game. I think yeah. the kids would probably really enjoy something like this. Yeah, it um, sounds like it. Yeah. So, like I said, I in in the grand scheme of things, like I'd probably rather play like a Flam Rouge or maybe one of the other racing style games. But it wasn't bad at all. Like I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um, and for the price, you can't really beat it. Yeah, and I think I would put it up there with like Karuba in terms of weight and challenge and Karuba's got a yeah. little bit of a different challenge just because it's got the the, it's got the spatial thing yeah but this does have I would say like this is almost like a race version I think that's a race too but this is like a race version in terms of of the weight I could see these going yeah. kind of side by side if you like Karuba you might kind of like this kind of game if you it could easily take, be a Haba a Haba game yeah if you can get Karuba to the table with your family and you're like this is just the right kind of wait for my group this could slot right in there too i think uh, if yeah. you if you want a deck builder instead no i completely agree with it um like i said if you think the you know the family's ready for the the deck building element because that mm-hmm. does add a little bit to it um but um yeah, no, yeah I, I thought it was pretty it was good fun. i i thought it was deserving of his nomination i like it better than king domino um yeah I do. Spiel. I do too. i don't know i just i think it's got a little bit more in the decision making and the little bit of randomness in the deck build like we had this moment where dan couldn't uh finish the race and then i got a turn and i drew nine cards and needed the one water card in my deck and i didn't get it like so that was both silly and the game was short enough that it didn't hurt my feelings like so it's cool it it, it felt good to play i it didn't blow me away but in terms of like a, yeah this is a solid little light canizia game yeah agreed
Cool. So we've been playing a whole bunch of stuff, honestly. Like I'm looking at my my list of things I've played. I've played a wide variety of stuff, which is really cool. Uh, we we keep playing Bunny Kingdom, Dan. Turns out that game is not not terrible. No, I really like that game. It's just so simple. Like, and it's got it's got a a gratifying kind of you know decision tree to it. Like yeah. every hand where you're drafting from, there is literally like good thought process going you know on like it's like do i you know you can hate draft you can not hate draft you can kind of press your luck and look for something for the future like i don't know it's i just i i enjoy it i guess is all i can say it's really good it yeah it's so weird it's a game that and we don't have to jump too much into it we've talked about bunny kingdom before the richard garfield drafting game and like area control uh it's just so it's just so straightforward like it, it's, it's got those decisions in yeah. the car drafting, but like, I was like, we what were we deciding between Bunny Kingdom and something else? And then we got that other game out, and then as you opened the box, we were like, we could just play Bunny Kingdom instead. And we were like, okay, let's do that. So we broke out Bunny Kingdom, taught Cal Bunny Kingdom, and it's just so easy to teach yeah, to play. It doesn't slick. take long. The only problem is like we talked before was is the math kind of the and the board yeah. kind of being a bit smaller than it should be and being looking a bit congested and being hard to kind of decipher things but if you can get over that after a few plays and yeah like I said for a drafting game I I, I really enjoy it yeah uh one of but so that was kind of like the yeah we just keep playing Bunny Kingdom like I don't know if that's one that's on your shelf to get rid of I know you were like kind of thinking of it but. It seems to be making its way back out. I, um, no, it's not yet. I, I'm actually... Uh, it's in my keep pile. So. Yeah. Uh, one of the games that we did play that this is just a first take, but it's a very disappointing first take, uh, was Scott Pilgrim's Precious Little Card Game. Oh, do we have to talk about this game? I want to talk about it briefly. <laughs> it's a very strange game. Now, it's based off an IP, so you got to take that... Like, they're... But it's not an IP that's hot. So I thought, like, okay, if someone's making a Scott Pilgrim game, it's because they want to make a Scott Pilgrim game, not because there's a movie out or a new comic or anything like that. This is probably being done out of love. It's got some original artwork, uh, and then it's also got big fan service in the box. So the basis of the game is you're trying to get a life, which is true to form in terms of Scott P. Uh, You are fighting challenges and like getting power-ups video game style and you're trying to hit a score threshold there's an evil x that's impacting the game that you can fight and we only played it once but it it uses this double-sided deck building mechanism where the cards are double-sided uh, there's two different kinds of cards and uh, depending on which card you have you're going to be using them to either buy stuff or to fight and when you get those cards, they're either fighting the challenges or the other side is the power-up, which you can just outright buy power-ups, which is like victory points with special abilities, or you can fight the challenge, which will then flip and give you the power-up. So there's a couple of different ways to progress. I, what I really like thematically is how you do the fighting. The buying is pretty basic. There's a couple of different types of resources. Your cards give you those resources and you can buy things. The fighting is you draw a whole new hand of cards and what you're trying to do is get a series of symbols that look like a fighting game combination. So if you've ever played a fighting game or you've ever seen like an NES or a Sega Genesis or something, you know, you got your up, your down, your left, your right, your B, and your A. 
So you've got this little card, which is your character card. And, you know, you're either Scott or Ramona or Knives or something like that. And you've got button combinations that you're trying to get on your cards. And if you can get those combinations, you deal damage, which allow you to beat the challenges. Something about this game does not come together, though. Something about this game feels a little fiddly, using that word, sorry. Uh, but the, the front and back cards aren't hard to deal with, but they seem unnecessary. I don't know why they chose to do it this way. You could probably have done like a top and bottom split or just found another way to avoid the split altogether. The market, so you got a deck building game, you want a market that's clear, you know, like Star Realms does it really well. Ascension's got the line, uh, Dominion that just has the piles out. This has like a rotating system where you're drawing cards off of the top of different piles. You can pick which side to put them on, front or back. You can discard cards off the top or out of the middle at random times and that's supposed to give you control over what other people can get there's supposed to be a lot of interaction and blocking and things like that i don't think i got a good enough handle and it was only one play but the game never made enough sense or had enough gratifying decisions to be looking that hard at the cards like i don't think it was there uh it it felt very random you kind of got what you got when you drew and there was little planning to be done, I felt. It was just kind of like, let's see what we can do in the moment. Very tactical. And the fan service is great, and I want to love it, but I, I think I'm like over it after one play. I will play it again if someone wants to play it. I think Kel might want to, but the whole thing left me very bleh. Yeah, you're going to have to play it with Kel. I have no desire to ever play that again. I don't really have a desire either, and it's... It's it was, disappointing that the fan service isn't enough because, like, that's kind of the point of those types of games, I think. It's good. Like, I was looking at it, and Dan, I think I'm the biggest fan out of Dan, Kel, and I, which is who we played with. Like, so I was like, this is great. This is hilarious. I love this. But I still want to play a game. Like, if I, I've got all the, the, um, the trade, like the, the manga collection kind of deals. I've got all the books. I've got the movie. I, I've actually have two copies of the movie. I, I get my fan service elsewhere, so I love the look of this box, and I loved opening up all the cards, but I still want a game. You know, I don't I don't just want this on my shelf because it's pretty. I, I want it to at least be playable. If at some point I want to break this off the shelf and, and try it out, I want there to be something, and I don't think that there is anything there. Yeah, I agree. The, the, the button mashing mechanic I thought was going to be really cool. Um, that was like the one thing when you're explaining the rules, I was like, all right, this is cool. But it, it was just kind of like this blind draw, put it together. If you hit it, cool. If you didn't, don't like, I, I don't know. And the whole double-sided cards was, I don't know. I just, yeah, it, like you said, it did nothing came together in that game for me. I literally, as soon as like after the first turn, I was already ready for it to be over. I was like, okay, this is not going to hold my attention in the least. Um, now, if you're hearing this and it sounds like we did something wrong, let me know because maybe it was a misplay, but I read the rule book and I, I tend to do okay with those things. So I feel confident and I double checked and double checked, but I don't know. No, it could just be the way it is. And I don't know. Like, I, I mean, deck builders always drop a peg for me anyways, but this one didn't do anything. Like while they tried to do some interesting things, all it did was just drag the game down with it. Like it was, I don't know. Yeah. I can't recommend it. We just played El Dorado, which is like a very simple and slight deck builder that's smart and elegant. And it's a it's a lighter game, but like there's a lot of good deck building out there. So the Scott P box is not going to 
make up for a subpar game. Like I can get decent deck builders all around. Yeah, there's there's about 400 deck builders that are better than this one. Yeah. It, mm, sorry. Tiff, are you a Scott Pilgrim fan? I've seen the movie. I wasn't sure if that went into your particular geekery. No, it doesn't, really. Okay. Like, I don't know. Comic books are not part of my... Superheroes, comic books, just didn't make it in. Yeah. Sorry. Well, no, that's fine. And And I, you know, I'm a little disappointed because this is a game I've been anticipating for a while. I was happy to pick it up. Uh, at whatever cost, you know, I was ready to like, I didn't, I got it online. So fortunately I saved a couple bucks, but yeah, it, oof. I don't know. I'm not sure what I was expecting, but just like anything, even if it was like a dominion clone, I would have been happier because then at least it would have had a backbone or well, here. I'll give you, I'll give you an Harsh IP words. title that, uh, maybe Tiff will be interested in. Oh dear. <laughs> I played labyrinth. <laughs> oh geez. Did you? Oh, oh I labyrinth did. Labyrinth was my jam. That, I love that movie. I so absolutely good. love it. I'm That's been like the for, running joke with you and Steve whenever we're at game night, like we could play Labyrinth. Yeah, and Steve and I were the only two at uh, Thor's Day a couple weeks ago, and I said, Steve arrived, and I had it on the table. He goes, F it, we're doing it. And I was like, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so we sat, and we pulled in a, a, a random third player, but... Holy hell, that game was horrible. <laughs> as soon as I saw it, I knew it was going to be bad. I don't know why. I just knew. It, it Again, for the, the fan service piece of it, it, it does what I think it, it should probably do. It could be, maybe do it a little bit better. Um, so, like, the gist of it. So, it's got these cool little minis of each player, which is awesome. Um, it's got... Oh, I can't even think anymore. Uh, it's got David Bowie. That's all that matters. Um so basically this this board is this this circular path and it's a roll and move. So you literally roll your movement die. Now to give them some credit, I guess the the characters are varied with different uh, polyhedral dice. So like my movement would be perhaps uh, eight and an eight-sided die where Matt's could be a four kind of thing because he's slower. Um, something like that. But it's still a roll and move. And when you when you land on a space, if it doesn't have a card, then you flip out a card and you do basically what's on it, which is just a, some sort of check, so to speak. So roll this against this if you win, cool. Sometimes the card will go away. Sometimes it'll stay. Sometimes if you fail, you'll lose things. It's just dumb things. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to get to the card in the deck that lets you go to the, the old goblin kingdom. Um, it's the goblins, right? I'm thinking of labyrinth, am I? Yeah. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, okay. I was, yeah, I'm just making sure. Yeah, so the goblin kingdom, right? At which point at the go- in the goblin kingdom, you have to defeat these the three uh, entryways, and then you have to, you have to kill David Bowie. Um, but so, like, again, so you're going around, and if you don't resolve these cards, and then someone lands on it, you're not flipping out a new card, so you're not making any progress in the deck. And you have like 13 turns, I think, on the clock to get around and do all this stuff, which is almost near impossible. It's ridiculous. Um, it was, oh man, it was so bad. I'm I'm glad I played it and we got a huge chuckle out of it while we were playing it. Are you glad you played it? I am, just, just, just to say I did, but I'm, I'm not. I'm glad you played it. <laughs> yeah. It's not, I mean... This game has had, like, expansions, hasn't it? 
it does have an expansion, but basically all that does is I think it it turns the some of the the cardboard bits into miniatures again. I think it's uh, goblin goblin miniatures in the expansion. Okay. Um, it's one of those things that like if the store put it on sale for like five dollars, I'd buy it and throw the game away and just keep the minis because the minis are super cool. But <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't play this game. Don't buy it <laughs> ever. Play someone, um, some other sucker's copy of it if you need to. Yeah, it's... Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it's so sad how many copies our game store has of this game. My game <laughs> store has a million copies of it, too. It's like, why? I don't... What did I they expect was going to happen? I don't know. Well, my guess is, th- is that they're, like, our age, me and Dan's age, youngster. Yeah. And, and they loved it, too, and they just anticipate that... All the gamers our age, which there are a lot of them, are gonna like clamor for it. Maybe, yeah. Is that it? I, I think they're yeah going for the nostalgia thing again because you get. I mean, the character you get to play as Hoggle, you have to play as uh, Ludo and Sarah, and you yeah. know you get to play as like the people. Um, I would rather play as David Bowie. Well, that's the thing. That's what I was so disappointed. Jareth had a very minimal role. Sometimes you would flip a card and it said move Jareth here, and he would do something and then stay on that spot which meant you couldn't move to that spot if he was on it but that's all mm. he did and He's i was professor like professor evil kind of yeah and i was like ah, i just want to i want to play with him um and then sir like you get you have to get sarah to the guy you know what i mean like it's just it was kind of annoying you you have to play with all four characters regardless of how many people are playing so some people will have to we had a guy the other guy the the random guy playing with us he uh he played two characters so it was it was it was bad it was bad but like i said we had a good laugh and i'll never play it again so i'm good with that <laughs> tiff have you have we played any de- uh, decent games lately hey i play all kinds of decent games with my kids the, we got takaido back out does that right. count uh, i want to play that i Is love how much my kids peaceful? love takaido like when I first got that game and it's so beautiful and it's pretty and thank you Dan for my beautiful deluxe copy of it. I I was like, yeah, this is a this is a nice relaxing game, but I, it's not like the gameplay is not mind-blowing or anything. But my kids get so much more enjoyment out of out of it than I thought they would. I thought they would think it is boring. But they're like, oh, it's all about the journey. Like, whenever someone's like, oh, man, I don't have enough money. He's like, are you enjoying your journey, though? And, and <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. And, and But at the same time, they're also competitive. Like, when one of them gets way far out ahead of everybody else, they're like, oh, man, I'm enjoying my journey so much more than you. And, like, they just... the. The social aspect of what they add to that game is worth it. And next week, we're going to get out the expansions for it because they're ready for them. Yeah, the, you need the, exp- the expansion adds. I mean, while the game is not complex by any stretch sure. of the imagination, the expansion does add another level of choice, which is cool because you got you get to choose between the two actions at those spaces now instead of just one action at that space. Right. Um, I haven't played the second exp- the was the Mitsuri, I guess is the second yeah, expansion. Yeah, I haven't played that either. Yeah. I want to pull it out. Like I know I know Elsa likes it and you know it's something I think I could I could get to the table with people just cuz it's like I said it's just a quick 20 minutes. Let's have some fun. There are 
aren't always games that like I bring in and I teach them and they're like, yeah, that's okay. And but like next week they they're not interested in playing it again. Like this, they're like, can we play the expansion next week? Like they're excited by it. So that's always good. It can be Tokaido can be a hit with thirteen year old dudes. Nice. And that, that makes me happy. So. Hey, this thirty five year old dude likes it. Doesn't know why, but he does, and it's right. beautiful. It's just charming. It's got his own thing. Yeah, so. charming is a great word to describe it. That's exactly what it is. Sometimes you just want to take a hot spring bath and a panorama of a mountain. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. If it didn't look the way it did, I, Nighty did a, a phenomenal job just yeah. bringing that game to life. It, I, if it was anything else, I'm not sure I would appreciate it as much but it literally just captures the essence of what the design is supposed to do um right and it's it's awesome for that, that, that definitely elevates. oh the box cover is phenomenal <laughs> gotta have probably my box favorite cover. box it's probably my favorite box cover of all my games it's pretty good hmm. that would take some thought like what my favorite box cover is let's do that let's do a top 10 list on our favorite box covers I would like that. That's a good idea. It's been a long time since we did a top 10. Next episode. Top 10 box covers. Technically, we just did S and Y'all, but... That's not... To me, that's just like a list. It's not a top 10 for me anymore. Well, it was a top 10 for Dan because he followed the prompt, but... Was I don't think we had that prompt. I think it was just, we're doing our S and list. I told you. I just looked at my credit card statement and put them in order. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Now, oh, next, this, next episode so this is going to be on my list. Um, top ten box cover art in your collection, I guess. Should it be in your in collection, or could it be any? No, I like limiting it to what's actually in right. your collection. In your collection, okay. Yeah. Deal. Catan, yeah. Mmm, Catan. Mm, what? That, mm, that, <laughs> that brick red and yellow. Mmm. Go ahead. Alhambra. Oh, so good. Dimension. Just a couple of balls <laughs> stacked on top. What about of each other. what? It, Tiff, before next episode, I hope you buy that that coal game from Rio Grande. Yes, <laughs> oh put it gosh. on your list. <laughs> yeah, I doubt there are too many Rio Grande games that are going to make my list, but you never know. Sold. All right, look, we have an we have an episode planned so during I'm all wrapped another up episode. In my collection now, looking for box art. Um, do, do have you played anything else good, Dan? Um, yes, maybe that's good. Please share. Let me look at my list. Um, we played that. Um, you and I have been digging into Legends of the Five Rings, which I won't talk about now because we probably should play it a little bit more. I'm so bad um, at it. Oh my goodness. But I, I will say kind of offhandedly like that it's my favorite LCG. So it's very good. Um Yeah. It's a pretty game, it's a good game, and I don't think we've even scratched the surface. No, not at all. Um which which kind of scares me because I'm I'm doing really well at it now. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> um I also played Madam Ching again, which I still actually really enjoy. Uh, viral. How about Viral? Does anyone want to hear about uh, yeah. Viral? That's uh, the inside the body area control yeah. thing. It's it's a really nice thing to look at. It's uh, The art is pretty cool. Um, so this is a... I, don't get, I guess it's like an action selection area control game from Arcane Wonders. So much um, area control, you guys. It's the best. Hmm. It, I like disagree. it in I like it in certain instances. Um, I do, but um, 
Yeah. Anyways, I digress. So this one's kind of cool because you're you're controlling organs in the body. So basically the game is each player is a virus and you are trying to take over different organs, set them into panic and just, you know, wreak havoc on the body, which is the board. The board itself is actual (laughs) drawing of all the different organs and how they're connected um, sort of thing, which is cool. And then it puts them into different regions, which is the area control piece because you control the brain, you get X kind of thing. So um, the way the game plays, though, is you've got, you start with uh, six cards that have these actions on them, anywhere from two to three actions. And then you've got six region cards, which are the, the six different regions of the body. And in the first phase, you're going to pick an action card and a region card. And once everyone's done that, you're going to um, you're going to reveal them. Once you reveal it, you're going to execute them in turn order. And the actions are like, you know, infect an organ or, you know, kick another organ out of it, you know, or move, you know, or turn into a shield. Or There's all kinds of different actions you can take. And basically, you can take as many of the actions on that card as you want. Um, there is one restriction, however, in that some of the action symbols are shaded blue. And if it's shaded blue, what, means, what that means is you can only execute that action in the organ that you've selected in the region, the organ region that you selected. So the brain or the kidneys or the lungs or the heart. Um, so it puts that restriction on it. So you're going to do that and then you're going to do it again. So each round you're going to do that twice. And then what happens is you're going to take those cards and you're going to put them above your player board. So basically it's one of those mechanics where what you use this turn is not going to be accessible to you for another turn, so to speak. So you would take, you would, before you put those into the pile, you would collect the ones you played last turn, then you'd move the ones you played this turn into that pile, and then next turn you'll collect them again. So um, it's it's really interesting because there's that give and take with the area control that, you know, I know, for instance, that if I played my brain card, or Steve played his brain card this turn, I know he can't manipulate the brain as easily because he doesn't have his brain card available to him. So he can't directly go in there. He's going to have to move or manipulate the board in some other way to get into the brain. So I I know that I have a chance to this round, maybe get some area control points in that region, for instance. So a uh, really cool, um, you know, decision to be made there and kind of paying attention to how everyone else is playing and what organs they're, they've been hitting and sort of that, that sort of thing. So yeah, you're going to do that. Um, you're going to score each of the regions. Um, there's this cool mechanic where like when you score a region though, the body has adapted to, to your virus. So you're going to go up on this research track, right? And when you get to the end of this research track in the last, in the second to last phase, you lose all of your virus tokens from the board that aren't protected um, with a shield, which means they're just a stronger strain, basically. Um, so again, so you're you're balancing scoring these points in the different regions with kind of managing this research track so that you don't lose it, or maybe you strategically lose them all to come back next turn um, and and just hit these organs again. So. Um, really, really cool. Like, I won't get too much more into it. Like there's a lot I could talk about, but, um, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, we played two player, which is probably not its best count, obviously with an area control game, but it did have a nice dummy mechanism that 
that didn't feel tacked on. It actually added to it. The dummy, it's one of those games where the dummy, dummy actually scores points along with you. So it's like, oh crap, I'm losing to the dummy player, uh, which, which is always a funny feeling. Um, so it, it, but it played and it worked really well at two. Um, I would recommend it probably at, at least three, probably four is going to be your best count. Uh, I don't remember if it goes to five, to be honest with you, but at, you know, three or four, obviously with an area control is going to be a little bit better because you got that little push and pull. Um, so yeah, I, um, I liked it. Um, I don't know that I will pick it up. Um, but our game store has a copy and I'd be happy to play it anytime we're down at the store. Nice. Is that a, you're so, I was going to say, you sound so positive about this game. Now I really want to check it out. I liked it. I thought it was, again, the theme was unique. Um, and the, the mechanics were so well integrated into the theme. It, it just kind of kept it like, ah, I'm going to go infect the heart. And it was kind of funny, like to, you know, do that. But again, that, that push and pull that tug of war with, all right, I know what Steve played last time. He's not going to have his kidneys this turn. You know, I, I could go infect the kidneys maybe and take control of that for a round before he comes back and is able to kind of boot me out. So it's this push and pull. And the other, the other cool thing is you can move. So all of the, all the organs are connected by a one-way path in some direction or the other. So I could go from the kidneys up to the heart, but you can't get into the brain without going through the heart first. So it's, it's kind of, you know, the body is connected in ways so you can rearrange it. Um, and it does it in a really cool thematic way. Um, so yeah, no, I would, I would recommend checking it out. It was, um, it was unique enough that I, I really enjoyed it. Nice. I had, there's just like a wealth of bacteria virus body biology games going on yeah that's a new thing it's like hey germs are cool they are kind of cool and it seems like all the games want you to be the germ yeah get your you infection have one, you should have a game you should have a two-player game where somebody is the body and the other person is the virus yeah and they're, they're async and they're just killing it yeah done that would be interesting i should edit that out don't want to give away your idea no it's cool but no i'm thinking we just played that I'm sorry to use such a mean term. That dumb game, Biotics again. Oh God, that game is that game is super, so dumb, but it it's is, not but I have, terrible. I have a lot of fun with it, just because I love Pressure Luck as a mechanic, and that's all that game is, with a little bit of kind of tactics thrown in. Yeah, it's. I just like it. Plus, the little germ meeples make it so cute. I guess it's a smirk and dagger game. It's very highly interactive. It's really if you'd like it it sounds like i'd like it now i now i'm curious now i have two germ games on my curiosity go look up biotics because just the 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 meeples with the stickers on it alone are the cutest thing ever i mean they're kind of i don't know they're pretty awesome dan has a weird affinity for that game i was very surprised it is weird to to find weird it's one of those games where i just don't know why but I mean, I do know why, because I do like the pressure luck elements of it, and it's a pure pressure luck kind of game, which yeah. oh, I'm completely cute. okay with it. Yeah. I love it when Dan has a weird affinity for a game that by by all counts, he should not like this game. It just nope. goes to show that I give everything a fair shake. You know? I played it once. When Dan put it on the table, I was like, oh boy. But I liked it. So, you know, whatever. It's like, it's 10 minutes, little fill. I think it plays up to like six. It would probably make a good board game club game as well for you. I think I'm it's always a, surprised at how much I like Smirk and Daggers games. I I like some of them. I don't know that I played them all, but this one I liked, um, what was it? The Dead Last. I, you know, I could tolerate that for a party game. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. It, it would be good for a board game club. Yeah. 
they're into that sort of thing. Although they get too worked up. Yeah. <laughs> they get too well, this, loud. This one can have some mean moments. And, and I say mean, you know, loosely, because it's not like, it's not hugely punch you in the face kind of thing. It's like, I put a germ here and maybe you lose a couple points kind of thing. It's not horrible. I don't know. Maybe Matt thought it was too mean. I don't know. No, it's not that it's too mean. I mean, it is highly, again, highly interactive. It's very interactive. You, it, it's just such a weirdly silly kind of thing. I, I remember playing it at Origins at first and thinking this is weird. And I do think the scoring is a little bit obtuse at times, like, or at least when you're first getting into it, like how things match up and go and replace each other. But it's, it goes quick and yeah, I, you need no, a round. No, I can't be mad at it, but I, I kind of want to well, be mad okay. at it. I've had kids cry over maximum throwdown. Maximum throwdown's hard. Okay. All right. <laughs> this isn't hard. It just could be like Matt said, a little bit interactive, a little bit direct, but Again, I don't find, and I don't like direct games, I don't find the directness in this game to be like, I want to punch you in the face. I no. find it just, I just laugh about it. Like, it's just like, cool. It goes too quick. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is the perfect weight and the perfect length for me to get into kind of a take that direct conflict kind of game. Like, that, yeah. that's probably why I enjoy it. Because it gives me a taste of it um, without really just, you know, turning me on my head kind of thing. That's biotics, by the <laughs> biotics. way, for the listeners. I know Matt snuck it in there, so I just wanted yeah, to sorry. reiterate. I played, uh, Kel and I played Apotheca again. That game is so good. I love that game. More people should play Apotheca. We played it's a like game a of... It's a hidden gem type game, I think. I don't feel like a lot of people play it, but no, it's a good one. It's really good. I, Kel and I sometimes, like she's usually up for whatever. I can usually teach her games, but sometimes she's wants something that she knows and that's familiar. So she wanted, she agreed to play a game. I was like, what do you want to do? She said, let's play a game, but... She wanted me to pick something that we knew what was going on with, like didn't have a lot of teaching. So we played a couple games of Apotheca. We played a game of Century Spice Road, which again, with two players, takes like 20 minutes. It's really not that bad. And then we played the Potion Explosion expansion, which she was very excited about. It has a ghost ectoplasm. What? Yeah. New white marbles. It's actually got a lot more in the box than I thought. I thought it was just going to be, here are some extra marbles and now they're wilds and you can do fun things, but... I'm kind of excited about this because I wanted to buy Potion Explosion, but I didn't think it was, like, meaty enough. Yeah, well, here, let me describe what's in there before you decide whether it's meaty. Uh, I well, Okay, meaty for board game club. Oh, okay, okay, I gotcha. <laughs> uh, we, Cal loves this game, and I know Dan got a little burnt on it because we played it a lot at, in kind of one concentrated time, and I do think it's it's above the gimmick it surpasses the gimmick i think it does a really nice job with with what it is trying to do but it is at the end of the day just kind of like grab some marbles and move on i'm okay with the gimmick it's the the downtime and the length of the game itself that just annoys me it's too long for what it is like the gimmick is great so this adds some more stuff to it but i don't think that it bogs it down any further i don't know that it speeds it up either it's just kind of more on top so you have four different kinds of potions added in and they just kind of do the same kind of deal, except now you can interact with these white marbles. You can do the white marbles two different ways. You can just toss them in and have them be wilds whenever you grab them. Or they've there's this cauldron that you can set them up on, which is a separate piece outside of the main apparatus. And you can um, swap them in with some of the potions and things like that. You can actually grab the white marbles and swap them in. So that means that there's a more gradual kind of titration of these white marbles into the game. So... There's a lot less of them, which 
depending on what you want in the experience could be interesting. We played that way where we started off, basically the game was the same when we started out, but then all of a sudden these white marbles started to filter in and it was really exciting to complete a potion with white marbles because then you knew they were going to get back into the rotation. So I, I thought that was a fun way to play, but splashing them in there might not be bad either. And then there are new point scoring opportunities where it, if you, whenever you take a white marble, you get a bonus point. And then there are some new negative points that you can get depending on what potions you're using and things like that. And then the, the other big piece that I did not know was in there are these um, professor tiles. And they basically add a blanket rule across the game. So depending Ooh. on which professor you play with, the game will play differently. Oh, that sounds good. That sounds like um, nefarious. I have not played that, but oh. I will believe you. They ha There's like a rule that comes out every every okay. time you play. And it, it, it there's a whole like stack of them that you use and it applies to the game. And every game is just slightly different because of that. And I really like that. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what these are. I think there's eight of them. There may be ten of them. That seems like too many, though. And they're kind of silly. Some of them are a little bit more serious about, like, you can trade this or you can do this, and they kind of give you an ability. Um, I think that ours was, the one that we played with was you had to complete your potions from bottom to top. So normally you can just put whatever marbles you get in the right color, but these ones you had to start with the bottom layer and move up, which was not a huge game changer, but gave you a little bit more to consider in your decision making. Um, I know that there's one silly one where it's like if you ever drop your marble, you lose the marble. So like you take your big handful of marbles, if you ever drop them, they're gone forever, uh, which is more of like a silly like dungeon fighter roll your dice kind of funny way so it, it's a little more whimsical but oddly enough Kel dropped three marbles that game and would have lost them so I think it's applicable and so so they're not huge and you can combine them I guess is where it really gets interesting is the game does not recommend that you put too many rules on at the same time but it says like as you play if you really want some like wonky games or some bigger challenges you can play with two or three of these professors and then you get really weird restrictions going on at the same time so it's cool kel loves potion explosion so any anything to get it back to the table and kind of mix it up is neat there's some modularity here so i recommend it if you're into potion explosion i'm into what you're describing for sure well it is going to run you whatever potion explosion costs yeah i know <laughs> so it's unfortunate because i mean it's it's a there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of marbles and stuff so I, like I think I Potion Explosion runs like 50 bucks normal. Yeah, but like on cool stuff or Amazon, it's like 30 something. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great price. I really like the game. It's very simple set collection. It's got the cool match three gimmick. So as long as your middle schoolers don't eat marbles. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can guarantee that they wouldn't eat. Oh, they're so weird. I love them to death, but they are strange. <laughs> Well, then maybe this game might not be for you. <laughs> no, I like you. I'm actually kind of excited about this expansion. I like I when I play the base game, I had a similar experience that Dan had where I played it a lot with not on my copy and I mean, I don't have a copy. I didn't get a copy because I got burned out on it before I even. But I like the concept of the game and everything. It just I it was kind of boring after a while. That's fair. Yeah. So I play, as you guys know, I play a lot two-player. So the majority of my plays with this game are two-player, which means that that's, that element of speed 
is there. I don't have to worry too much about downtime just because of how we play games. So my my view is always a little bit warped. I do know that this game can run long as everyone stares at the marbles if you have four players and things like that. Oh, that's like kind of good for board game club. That's just like how they operate in general. They yeah. talk so much. Like it's such a social experience for them that uh, yeah, we need games that have a little bit of time for talk. And I don't I don't think that this game would slow it down or speed it up. Like I, I think it just kind of slots in perfectly and you use it. And it just kind of is. It doesn't seem to have any huge game-changing, like, fundamental changes. Hmm. So. Well, now I'm thinking. It's an expansion that you can you, you can always play with. I don't think there's any reason to ever not throw them in unless you really don't like the wild card element of the things. But if you're playing Potion Explosion, you're kind of... I don't think you're after a highly strategic game anyway. Sure. So. Anywho. So that was, that was cool. We have been jabbering on for a good long time. Is there anything else that people have been playing that that's worth speaking up about? That's worth chiming in? Not here. No. Unless you want to hear about our exciting ticket to ride adventures. <laughs> I which uh which map did you play? Just the base game. I yeah. made a trade where I got I f- I forget what I traded. I it was oh, it was Luchador Mexican Mexican wrestling, wrestling dice. dice. You got rid of it or got it? I got rid of it. Oh, it's man. a terrible game. I Is talked it? about it. It's awful. There's, It's not a game. But you get a ring. It's, yeah, the ring, all that is cool. All of that is awesome. I wish there was a real exciting game there, but it's not. It's like dexterity or like throwing dice. At, yeah. I don't know. It's just not, not my cup OT. So I traded that, uh, which I've had on a trade list for like ages. And nice. someone offered Ticket to Ride. And... We don't have Ticket to Ride at Board Game Club because I don't own a regular copy of Ticket to Ride. Uh, so. Yeah. So they were playing that, and that was nice. With This year, I have a kid in there that plays games at home. Ooh. So he can he can teach things as well, and that is good. I have enough teachers in my club, which is super duper important, Yeah. that I don't have to do all the teaching. That's now. good. Huzzah. So that's all I have to say. We played Ticket to Ride, and I didn't teach it. Or play it. We'd gotten my mom the deluxe edition for like Christmas or her birthday or something because she enjoys that game and she still hasn't, we still haven't played it. And every time I see her now, she's like, we got to set up a time to play the train game. Oh, I have the, I have the deluxe version too. I yeah. got it. Um, I bought it on sale or something and I was like, maybe we'll get this out like holiday times. I can, this yeah. is something I could teach the family and every, every Christmas Thanksgiving comes around and it, it still sits there. Sad. Sad. Well, I, time to end the show. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my coworkers found out that I do the board game thing. Oh, coworkers at the new job—they still don't quite get it. Somebody literally said I was like, because somebody called me out on it in in a meeting, and I was like, yeah, I play play board games, and uh, it's kind of a thing. Do a podcast, and somebody said, what does that mean? It's like, <laughs> uh, it's like you open board, you put some pieces on it. So people were very confused, but. My one coworker apparently her son is like eight or nine, and he wants to get into RPGing. Like he wants to play D and D. So she was asking me about alternatives. Uh, That's exciting for young kid D and D. And I was like, oh, I got some things for you. So I've nice. been uh, trying to help her out to her dismay. I think because <laughs> well, now her, her son's a dork. Well, so, but anywho, sorry. That's what that was we my do. that was my we... personal anecdote of the day. Dan, do you have any uh, personal anecdotes? No, not right now. All right. I think we're good then. (laughs) 
All right. Thank you all for joining us for episode 77 of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers, hanging out and chatting some games with us. Uh, remember uh, don't that do drugs. Show... Don't do drugs. No, that's good. That's Is a good that your point. personal anecdote? <laughs> just a just a mantra. Tell us about your really strong beer that you had. Was that any good? It was delicious. It was a yeah. pumpkin stout of some sort. Yep. Came Ooh. in a fancy bottle that sparkled. Ooh. Yep. Dan, you're yep. going to have to tell me more about that off air. Yep. I'll save you one. <laughs> yes. As we always talk about, our show is brought to you by our lovely sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so on all of our lovely social media places like the BGG Guild number 2077 or over on Google Plus because that's still a thing. Shoot us an email, podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. Um, I guess you could send us snail mail if you happen to know where any of us live, or the best place is to send us digital mail via Twitter. Tiff, if people want to chat with you about what you've been up to, how do they do that? I'm at ineptgamer. Uh, if people want to talk to you about politics, are they able to, Tiff? Uh, <laughs> I've blocked the word Trump from my feed. I didn't realize I could do this, but it's we were talking before the show, and if you block that, uh, it's like living in the past. It's like my whole feed is just about board games, and it's it's a beautiful thing. Nice. I just like to keep my politics separate from my board games. It's yeah, not you've that cornered I'm not off your world. engaged. I just don't want to have to be stressed out every time I check tr- Twitter. No offense. That's okay. You're yeah. cool. This is a safe Dan place. Disappeared. Yep. So we lost Dan, but you can always find him at scandalous underscore nad or at league nonsense, which is the league handle. Dan runs both of those and talks about a variety of different things, including mostly like Ben and Matt. Like he just talks about them usually they're so good though a lot of retweets about ben and matt and just who they are as people dan has like a huge number of games that he is trying to call out of his collection and most of them are call worthy but that doesn't mean they're bad games it's just like if you're trying to consolidate your collection these are this is the short list man so check them out because they're priced well and there's some decent games some games that i thought about like man i wouldn't mind having that but I don't think I can expand my collection by like 80 more games. So Fair enough. I'm trying to convince Dan like, hey, if you don't want that, I can house it. I will adopt it for you. <laughs> and if you ever sell it, then I'll give it back. But which I think that's how kids work, right? If you can adopt them and then whenever you're going to sell the kid, you just give it back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Okay, cool. I'm glad we got that figured out. Yeah. Uh, he hopped back on. Let me see if he will he'll come back in for a second. This is the longest podcast sign off ever yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't get a twitter handle (laughs) you can do your own twitter handle after it's fine everyone can go be on your way all right bye guys bye you can sadly find me at cinnamon buns since in a very unprecedented move we decided to end the skype call before the podcast recording so if you ever want to come podcast on the last three minutes of the show, my my co-hosts aren't here, so I could use someone else. Find me at Cinnamon Bun Spill Phonetically. Thank you all for joining us. Edit in goodbyes right here. Bye.